And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Rebel. Vicious. But brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Back to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast. Thank you for being with us on this lovely Sunday evening when we record. Uh, we have a thrilling and a superb nil-nil draw at Blackpool to talk about. <laughs> um, I don't know how we're going to fill the next hour talking about that game, to be honest with you, but we'll try. Thankfully, we've got another game to look forward to as well. Tuesday night uh, against Reading to look ahead to as well. Um, yeah, happy days. Mick, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Just about woke up um, from yesterday. I've had a lovely little nap and, uh, yeah, raring to go. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Tom's back with us. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Excited to get talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) That's the spirit. Uh, And Danny, uh, you you didn't just go to the football at Blackpool yesterday, so you probably had a better Saturday than most people yesterday from modern fans. Yeah, I went on rides and everything. It was great. And then, unfortunately, I had to go to football. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it. That's, that's all I can say. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you to everyone who downloaded and listened to the Ollie Rathbone episode that me and Danny spoke to on his last week. That was out Friday morning. We tweeted out and put some on Facebook. We had record numbers of people downloading the podcast um, and listening to that. Uh, which was appreciative, overwhelming. Danny, what's the phrase I'm looking for? There's a word in there I'm looking for, isn't there? Um, outstanding for me. Outstanding. Um, yeah, outstanding. it's uh, bumped us up to just outside the top 50 pod, uh, football podcasts in the country, which is a madness. So, yeah, thank you to everybody who's um, listened to it. Mm. Yeah, and thank you to Ollie uh, and, the, and the club for allowing us to do that. Um, I know a lot of people seem to enjoy it, which is brilliant. Mick, you couldn't be with us. For one reason or another, but you know, saved saved him trying to you know fend off a refereeing question, didn't it? 
Well, I mean, that's probably why most people listen to it because they didn't realise that I'm not on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you've got so good, such good figures. <laughs> that's a good interview. Did a really good job there. Really, really good job. Yeah. And it broke the curse of losing every time we have a player on as well, thankfully. Um, <laughs> so that was, that's, that's a bonus. That's a big bonus. We'll have to try and win next time. Um, so, yeah, thank you, everybody, who, who did listen. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we've got loads of people with us tonight. Dave Lawton, YouTube users, Gav Grundy, Paul Brock, Howard UK, Kim, John, the Birmingham fan, who will be a very happy fan this weekend, I think. Uh, Sean Green, Mike Connell, Dave Scrivers, all on Facebook and Twitter, Facebook and YouTube watching us today. If you haven't already, by the way, please subscribe on YouTube because we are creeping and creeping close to 900. Now, that was me just trying to fill time, to be honest with you, because I don't know where to start <laughs> with Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Um... Danny, let's talk about the first 45 minutes first, because I think it was a little bit of a game of two halves in terms of one was much worse than the other. Um, that first 45 minutes is up there as one of the worst games, of the worst 45 minutes I've seen of football from two teams, not just like a bad brother and performance. It's just a bad game. Uh, I can't remember many worse 45 minutes in general, uh, to be honest with you. It was pretty bad that first half, wasn't it? Yeah, it were almost like time and going backwards at times, didn't it? I mean, in the opening exchange, I was thinking at least 15 minutes has gone here. No, it said two. So it was like, <laughs> oh, oh dear. Yeah, it, it just wasn't a good half. I don't think it was necessarily um, that the teams were absolutely appalling. I think it was just a case of we just didn't apply our own tactics effectively. Um yeah. It's like our tactic seemed to be, you know, try and, try and get it on the floor and play football. And Blackpool just said no. And so they left everything in on us. Like any touch at ball they could muster was a result for them. Um, and it just completely disrupted our way of playing. So we went, right, we're going to go and just try it your way instead. Then we did that. And I think the ball was in the air for what felt like hours in that first half. And it was just like, oh dear. Second half was much better. But that first half, oh dear. Mm. Yeah, I think we Blackpool came out, they didn't come out flying because nobody was flying yesterday, but they came out trying to win the game initially. The first 10, 15 minutes, I thought they tried They tried to put us under a lot of pressure. The crowd got, on, got, on, got behind them a little bit, and I felt like we were just sort of trying to hold them off 15 minutes. And in the second half, that's all. We, we, we never stepped it up, did we? We never went out. Here's twenty minutes. Here's a benchmark of twenty minutes. You've got through twenty minutes. Now nah, kick on. It was just, oh right, it's going to be the same for the rest of Arthur. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my uh, that's my contribution to, to to the whole game. To be honest, yeah. yeah. I mean, that you've got to bear in mind. You've got to take on board that you're playing a Mick McCarthy side, um, and and his clear instructions to that team were do not lose. Yeah, you go out, you do not lose. Um, and, and to be fair, the the, the most dangerous part of uh, that first half would have been if you were a seagull, um, because the, that was the only way anybody were going to get hit with ball if uh, if you were um, if you were flying three, you know, thirty feet above uh, above grass. But um, yeah, I think I think their, their intention was, like you said, possibly try and get an early goal. Um, and then dig in, but as it turned out, all they did was I was going to say dig in. They didn't even dig in, did they? You know. No. Um, and, and 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 as a Rotherham United supporter, the disappointing part about it is really, really that we didn't take advantage 
of um, of how poor they were. Um, without wanting to sound like I'm a I'm a blade, you know, they they kind of dragged us down to their level a little bit, didn't they? And and I know that that does sound a bit a bit cocky, and and it's not meant to because we ain't much above their level, or we haven't been um, for a lot of the season. But for some of the season, we have. Uh, and, and certainly the last three or four games, but yeah, I mean, it was just oh, it was horrible, wasn't it? It's, it was horrible. I mean, I took to watching that post in front of us, and it was much more interesting watching that. They were, uh, but yeah, dreadful, dreadful game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, John Morell says, You take a horrific game and not losing to a rival, to a rival take the point. Uh, Take the point, move on. But the bottom six are starting to drop away. Need a result or two in the next couple. Uh, yeah, it's possibly true. Um, yeah, Tom, is there anything? I, I think I know your answer to be honest with you. Is there anything you can take from that first forty-five minutes? Oh. Anything positive or negative? Really? Is there anything you, you think you thought you noticed or anything? Just give me anything, mate. <laughs> well, I'm... I mean, the first 45 continued into the second 45 in terms of how Hall and Humphreys played. I thought them two were outstanding. Defensively, defensively, we were very, very solid all game, I'd say. Um, there was only a couple times maybe where they looked like they could have done something. But, yeah, I, I, I thought we were quite quite defensively sound, especially Hall. I think him coming back in, he's, he's a lot more composed than I realised he was. And I think he's offered something better in that regard. So... Yeah, in, ter- in terms of positives to take from that first 45, all I can say is that I thought defensively we were very, very solid. That's about it. <laughs> that's true. That's a positive I, could, I didn't think of. That's, that's much my, it numbed my mind. Uh, that's why you <laughs> be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always quickly mentioned the seating and I've sort of mini Mick rant here because <laughs> if anybody... We got, we got, we, we got a seat that wasn't sold as a restricted view um but i couldn't see the six yard box of the uh, the area were attacking in the first half there was just no possibility to see it um 29 pounds sit there and not see the most important was really rubbish uh, and i know it's a temporary stand i get that but it was really really poor i think is the word I'm, is the kind word i'm looking for uh make yeah. you it, well, great for you either, but it was poor, really. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if you'd have, if you sort of closed your eyes for ten minutes and then opened them again, you'd have thought you might have been at Swillsborough. Um, apart from being orange rather than blue, uh, the view was the view was appalling. <laughs> I mean, that, though, to be fair, those seats, those seats for the first three or four rows shouldn't really be sold because you can't see. You can't see the pitch. Mm. Uh, anyway, I mean, it's probably yeah. a blessing, to be fair, <laughs> yesterday's game. Um, I kind of wish we'd moved down a row and sat directly behind it, to be honest. <laughs> it would have been uh, would have been far more entertaining. <laughs> mm. There you go. Very true. That is true, yeah. But, yeah. 29 quid for that. Can't get over it. Just can't get over it. Um, Michael Carnell says in the first 10 to 15 minutes, Wayne Carlisle was on the touchline telling, telling the players to calm down. Yeah, I think they may be taking my surprise a little bit with the uh, initial intensity, which you'd expect from Blackpool that they come off a decent result in the week, having been behind. So, uh, maybe yeah, we should have, should have expected that. Um, mm. 
The only thing to mention from the starting lineup, then let's go back to the sort of the start. The only only, only change was Bramall in for Yelda. Um, Yelda will probably be in for Wednesday, but they were assessing him. I think on Monday they've said. Um, you are you happy to see an unchanged lineup coming uh, going into the game? Um, yeah, I, I think majority of the team unchanged. Yeah, I mean, like you say, Bramall came in and excuse me, Yelda's probably going to come in Tuesday when we go to Reading, which is. Oof, that's going to be a, a trip, but yeah. Um, Bremel coming in did have, an, have a positive effect on that left-hand side. I do think we definitely took the game to Blackpool more on the left-hand side. Um, and there were times where Bremel was absolutely unplayable. You know, he really mm. wrenched us forward and created his own chances. Bremel and Fozzie working on the left side is looking, at least from that performance, a strong partnership on the overlap. But we've mm. said that with Yelder and Ferguson before. Um, so to have a, at least a different option on the left-hand side and be able to fluidly change it like we did is very positive for me, very, very positive. And it's not like Ramal came in and just did nothing. He came in and had his own positive effect on it. So I, I'm quite. if we can interchange like that, I'm very, very happy, whoever plays on that side or the right side, either or. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought he was one of the shining lights. We talked, Tom just talked about the Hall and um, Humphreys together. I'll, I'll let you have your you know, your praise of Humphreys in a minute because I know how much you thought how good he was. But Bramall came in as a left-back. He's not played as a left-back this season. He's been left wing-back all season or, or even further forward. Um, but he just, he, he's clearly his natural position. He just he just took it in his stride. He kept Bowler very, very quiet. He was their best player who had a spell or two. You know, <laughs> you could see sparks of Bowler's, how, how good a player he is. Bramall mm. just managed him really, really well. His defensive capabilities were absolutely on point, Bramall. I thought it was really good. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the, uh, Bowler didn't really have a sniff, did he? You know, oh, yeah. there were a couple of times when he felt that he, he thought they were going to get in behind Bramall and um, mm. two seconds later, he's, he's on his backside. He um, was excellent. Come on, Bramall yesterday. Really, really good. And and like like we said before, you know, we've we've questioned his defensive credentials really you know mm. feeling that he, he's probably a, a left wing back and, and and kind of neglects his defensive duties sometimes uh, but that certainly didn't apply yesterday uh, he, he was excellent and we didn't miss Yeldra at all not not one bit you know uh, which which is again very very positive for the future um, so yeah if we could we can we can kind of swap those two around for the rest of the season and, mm. and have no concerns so yeah, he, he, had a, he had a good game. Mm. Yeah, Paul Brock says Bramall was back to his best, which I think is fair. I think it's very fair. Mm. Uh, Peltier as well, Tom. Again, we might just complete the back four because I thought Peltier was again. He's he's sort of a typical right back, really. He's not you know he's not mm. he's not very exciting going forward, but he's safe as out as everywhere else. He's, he's yeah. a seven or eight, seven tight seven eight. He's, he's a bit like Wes, I suppose. You could just yeah. rely on him just to be good in that position and they were really good, I thought. Yeah, well, yeah, they all were. The whole back four were good and I think it's a testament to them that they, they kind of complement each other in that regard. They're all, you know, Bramwell's got, Bramwell and Humphreys have the pace and Hall and Pelt, you have the the, 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 the nounce of what to do and it kind of complements each other really well and if that was our back four for the rest of the season, I don't think many people have many complaints because they all, like you said, give consistent seven out of tens each game and Sometimes you know they play better, but then hardly ever play worse than that. Um, mm. Which is which is you know what you want from a side that 
is in a relegation battle, you want your defenders to defend <laughs> and then the rest of and then it allows the creative players to do what they want. Unfortunately, I don't think we were as creative as we could have been, but as long as that foundation's still there and you, you you're not conceding, then you can always build from not conceding rather than leaking goals and having to get them back kind of kind of thing. So mm. yeah, if that was our back four for the rest of the season, I'd I'd have no complaints. Mm. Yeah. And we tweeted that last night, Danny, four four big four games unbeaten. Three of those games we haven't conceded. The only goal we did concede was against Watford at Watford, which again is almost to be expected. Um, you know, we, we conceded whatever it was, ten goals in the three games prior to that. That is such a turnaround from the from the management and the players. And you, if you're going to have a good defence, you're giving yourself a hell of a chance to stay up because you're not going to concede many. You're in every game, really, are you? Yeah, I think it just goes to show that <clears throat> whatever Taylor tried to ensue in the plays in Cyprus was the correct way. He just didn't have the bodies to mm. execute it. And now he's got the bodies in, we are positively executing it. I mean, to go to to have Blackburn at home and batter him and then have um, Watford come, uh, sorry, Watford, go to Watford away, get a draw, Sheffield United at home, have a draw, and then go to a relegation scrap and still get a, a draw out of it. It's very positive. Like you said, to concede one goal, we're doing something right, mm. aren't we? Um, and whether it's just Taylor's mentality or it's his tactics or it's even just the bodies that are in, enabling us to play multiple styles and not be predictable, it is now starting to work. And like you said, huge turnaround. To say we'd conceded that many goals, you know, we were losing 3-2-0 week in, week out, and now suddenly it's three draws and a win and we've conceded once. Yeah. And you know, once to a team that's going to be up there this season, that's not bad going. I think my only negative to that is, yeah, it's all well and good not conceding the goals because you know you can carry, you can sort of guarantee a bit of a, a goal difference swinging your favour, or even see out a nil-nil draw, for example. But you still need to be poking them in at the other end. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one thing we lacked at Blackpool. We just lacked a little bit of that cutting edge going forward. But defensively. Easy peasy, you know. Like Tom said earlier, probably one or two decent chances for Blackpool all game, one of which was a proper squeaky bum one in, the, in added time right at the end. Yeah. Other than that, I think we're doing all right now. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, so we talk about defence, because one of the issues we had last, when Matt Taylor first came in, when we were really good defensively sound at the start of the season, what I'm saying, and then it dropped off. And now we've got back to that again. That that was why we ended up so high in the league initially in the season. Mm. It was, we just weren't conceding any goals at all. Mm. Um, and I don't know, he's changed formation. So he's not just gone back to what it was and it's working again. He's, he's changed something. Mm. But what it does show is that these defenders are good players. Because if they weren't good players, we, we'd be conceding, wouldn't we? Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and defensively, like, like Danny said, there's not a lot else to be said. You know, the figures speak for themselves and the performances speak for themselves. So... Uh, yeah, he's, he's absolutely um, doing the right thing at the moment. So, so yeah, is this me Cam Humphrey's uh, appreciation time? You or? can you can have your Cam Humphrey's minute. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, for me, we managed Manchester head and shoulders above anybody else. Um, he's just he's just an unbelievable footballer, and he's far 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 too good for the Championship, let alone for Rotherham United. Um, and if he, for me, we're talking about it earlier on today. You know, if he continues to develop the way he's developing, mm. he he could easily be the best footballer that Rotherham United's ever had 
that he is that good for me. Honestly, he's just he's just remarkable. And the fact that he's with us just beggars belief. Uh, to think we got him on a free as well is ridiculous. It's, it's madness, mm. isn't it? Absolute madness. Why did nobody else buy him? I don't understand. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel I feel a little bit sort of daft saying what I've just said there. You know what I mean? It's all you know. It's kind of uh, exaggerating or, or whatever, but it's not for me. It's not. I, I, you just see something in him, in his ability, in his, his calmness on the ball, um, he's, the way he reads the game, his, his actual you know skill skill levels. Uh, he's, he's got it all. He's got absolutely all of it. Um, so just you know, we need to. He's another one, like I said, I think on last podcast, enjoying while we've got him because he is destined for bigger things. That lad, he is fantastic, mm. and, and he was yesterday again. Grant Holmick, yeah, satisfied with him. You, yeah, I know you, you were one of his biggest critics at the start of the season. You're happy with him, though, Mick? Yeah, I, I am. I am, and I was. I was one of his biggest critics. I, th- I think there were a few, a few games where he had he had a bit of a um, a bit of a rush of blood, particularly that we've talked about before that Blackburn away. He um, nearly cost us a goal right at the death yesterday, but it's a simple mistake, you know. And it's it, it is a mistake. Obviously, nothing nothing deliberate. It's similar to the one that Woody did against uh, against was it Stoke, where he the short yeah. kind of short back pass. Uh, thankfully, Victor was alive to it and uh, and kept it out. So, but yeah, it was it was immense. Was was Grand Hall um, really really good, really good. Yeah, um, we should put out if that by my reckoning. It takes us to ten clean sheets this season. Uh, that is the same as we had in the champ in the entire championship season two years ago. So we've already matched it. And again, we've had we've had the bad days, but it just shows how how much we've come on defensively to, from two years ago. That's that's quite impressive. That stat, I think. Uh, I might be wrong by one, but by my by my reckoning, we've, we've matched it, which I'm very very happy with personally. Um, moving to a couple of negatives, Tom Reg says, "Do you think Ogbeni is too big of a player for us to drop? Two mm. games in a row now, we've really not seen the best of Gio Ogbeni. Now we could talk about his shot in the minute, but it was a shot out of nothing um, mm. that that hit the bar." He's lacking. He's just lacking. It's really difficult to put your hand on, put your finger on exactly what it is, other than the transfer speculation. That's the only thing we as fans have to have to cling on to. I yeah. think. Anyway, what, what do you think? Uh, it's it's weird because you never know what a player's doing personally and whatever. But it, it does look like a lack of confidence, um, maybe due to the fact that he didn't get a move and he sees. You know, it's always going to affect a player when they think, well, I'm not going to be here at the end of the season, so whatever happens between now and then is irrelevant to me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You, you, that's always going to be in the back of their mind. But I don't I don't personally think it's down to a lack of effort. I just think it's down to a lack of quality and confidence. And we all know what he's capable of, and he's just not... He doesn't look physically... He doesn't look as quick as he did. I don't, mm-hmm. There was a couple of times yesterday where he tried to take the ball past someone and was easily shoved off it and didn't get his body in front, etc. And it, it, it's happened once or twice yesterday when it never ever usually happens um so i i genuinely just think it's down to um lack of quality rather than lack of effort or maybe his head's turned or whatever you know you've always got to speculate that those are the reasons is that he he, he sees himself elsewhere so why why would he be bothered playing for us anymore but I, I don't think that's the case he's always been a good professional in the past i don't know why that would change now um 
if he wants to, if, if he's leaving, he's leaving. I don't think that'll affect him. Um, but in terms of too big, too big to drop, of course he isn't. Ferguson was extremely unlucky to be dropped in the first place, mm. to be honest. And if he came back in, you know, then I don't think anyone would have many complaints. And it could be that case of that it's fresh legs off the bench. He could be a better player than Ferguson uh, to mm. come on anyway. Uh, similar to what we were saying about um, maybe Keener coming on for a Dauphin. A Dauphin doesn't affect the last 20 minutes, but this, this Keener could... Um, that's a different matter, but um, yeah, in terms, in terms of bringing him on as well, it's just you've got them fresh legs, and hopefully the pace comes back. But we'll see. Maybe it'll come out that he's he's, he's nursing an injury. It's something to do with that. We'll have to see. But um, yeah, he's not he's not too big to get dropped at all. And if he was dropped for the Reading game, I think everyone, including himself, would have no complaints. But like you said, the, the shot came out of nothing as well, so yeah. it's a bit irrelevant. But what a shot! Yeah, you can't. Yeah, I agree. You can't read too much into it. I think Tom's mm. right, Danny. It, 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 what Chio's really, really good at is getting himself in between man and ball. He's so, so good at it because he's got an extra step of pace. And every time yesterday, I thought, oh, he's got himself in a really good position here. And then suddenly the defender's in front of him. Mm. And you just assume with Chio, what Chio normally does is he gets himself in that position. And it's really strange. I mean, again, my seat was at pitch level, so it was difficult to get a proper view of it, to be honest with you. But it just didn't seem like a very chio performance, much like last week. It didn't. That's not what I expect from him. Yeah, you sort of expect him to pick up the ball and bomb past him, don't mm. you? <clears throat> it's almost as if with Chio, he's sort of gets the ball and then almost takes too many touches. Where we're sort of used to him to going right, take the touch, go past you, mm. and then there were a couple of times where he did like a little neat pass over maneuver with Peltier. Um, with him going on the yeah. overlap, which I thought was really good. So he has shown instances of the chair that we know. But I, I don't know if it's fatigue or tiredness or something lingering from the transfer window. I don't know. But, yeah, it's almost as if he, he tries to take too much time with it and then you know, and he's not quite as quick with his decision-making. Rather than going, I'm going to bomb after the ball, it's more of a, should I go after that? Yeah, I'm going to go after that. And then the defenders beat him. Mm. Um which I hope we rectify. Yeah, I think you're right. If if he does get dropped for the Reading game, we'll have no complaints. He'll have no complaints. And we go again against Coventry. Coventry. Mm. Just checking I've got that one right. I've made that mistake <laughs> in Cardiff before. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'd have no qualms with that. Even if you bring Kioso in um, or push Ferguson out on top right-hand sides in the attacking three, because we know he can play there. So yeah, no player's too big to be dropped. So I don't I don't think we're in that sort of situation. I think it's a case of it's just decision making, it's not quite as sharp and it could be a confidence thing. Not sure. Mm. But that's what Shio offers. He still offers that little moment of overlap play with Peltier, which yeah. creates a chance, and then the thing right at the end, which by the way, that would have been absolutely incredible if that had gone yeah. in. I don't know what would have happened, but oh, it was so <laughs> close. Um, when the vlog gets released, you'll see how close that was to going in. And there was a time, I can't mm. remember who it was, was it Chio again? Where No, it was the free kick, sorry, from Bramall, Bramall. Right? It, outside yeah. at post. Everyone thought that was in as well. So we we, we, do, we have those moments and Chio is part of that. It's almost the way Wilesy is, like we hold him to a high standard, but then when he's not yeah. there but still performing well, we sort of say, oh, he's off his game, but then that moment of brilliance shines through. And I think that might be a little bit of a case in the last two. He's not quite where we want him to be, but he is still re playing all right. Mm. Yeah. 
Possibly. Um, Jonathan said, yeah, no players too big to drop. YouTube always thinks he's not interested. Um, John Morales has wondered if he's already got his moves sorted in the summer and just playing out his time. Steve Thomas says he doesn't seem to be making the runs he used to, which I agree. And Mike the Miller says we have the strength and depth now to give Chio a rest. Uh, now we talked also talked to Rathbun last week, and he sort of he sort of said it can be easy for players. He, he sort of means that it can be easy for players to get maybe a bit too distracted with the transfer window, especially if there's interest. I'm not saying he's, and I don't think he's had his head turned. So I don't think Chio's that type of player. But it cannot, like Tom said, it can almost dent your confidence that you didn't get what you really anticipated. So it may be just a mental state, isn't it, at the minute where he's just not as positive as he usually. Chill's the most positive guy on the pitch normally, uh, and he's not, he's not, not sort of playing with that skip in his step. Um, so it may just be a mental thing rather than a physical thing, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I get the. F- My gut says that this transfer window thing is a bit of a red herring as far as Chill's concerned. I, 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 I don't know whether that's right or not. Obviously, I've got no nothing to back that up, but. As far as his performance yesterday was concerned, I felt that he didn't get the service that he usually gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were quite a few times when the ball, when he's out in space and the ball could have gone out to him, headed in that direction, then we change and go the other way. Um, I think whether he's as effective as part of the front, front three, I'm not convinced. Mm-hmm. We've, we've, you know, we've played him up front as a striker, not not as effective as he's out wide. We're playing him now slightly wider, but not out wide as, but you know, not mm. actually out wide. Um, I'm not convinced it's his best position, um, and yeah, I think he's I think he's lacking form and possibly lacking some confidence. We can only speculate as to why that might be. Yeah, it might be transfer window. I don't, I don't think it is uh, personally, but that's you know, that's that's just me. I did notice yesterday, particularly particularly. Uh, Fosser was was he was all over the place, you know. Mm-hmm. He was appearing on the right hand side, back on the left, appearing going down the middle, you know, and 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 not not really keeping that sort of front three shape, if you like. Whether that's affected him as well, you know, if he's seeing Fosser coming across, am I supposed to be swapping and going over the side? You know, mm-hmm. maybe there's a little bit of confusion there. I I feel that particularly yesterday. The, the players who are playing in front of the back four are not quite, didn't really feel for me as if they, they knew exactly what they were supposed to be doing. Mm. But the, the, it just seemed a bit messy um, mm. in midfield and, and and the front three as well. You know, it, there didn't seem to be any any specific shape to it. There, were, there was a lot of moving out of position and what have you. So, and I think that for me was possibly one of the reasons why we weren't as effective as we. As, uh, as we have been, because the, the shape in front of the back four was was a bit all over the place at times. Uh, but is that is that possibly down to the way that Blackpool played in terms of trying to make it a bit chaotic? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it probably was. You know, I'm, I'm sure that that's the case. Uh, but we need to be bigger and better yeah. than that, don't we? Um, yeah. And, and in our shape, I suppose we almost were because we had the better chances. Other than the whole mistake, Blackpool had zero. Were the yeah. ones that hit the bar, hit the post. You know, there were, there was bits of play in the second and last fifteen minutes. So when we finally properly got us act together, yeah, yeah, we were the only ones. Again, taking out the whole mistake, yeah, yeah. we were the only ones that were going to score, weren't we? Realistically, it felt. Yeah. Um, 
again, maybe that way, maybe that was the plan. You know, sticking it, stay in the stay in the game till 75 minutes, 80 minutes, yeah. and we'll sort of release maybe. Yeah. Um, because you're away from home, a point's not not a bad result. Um don't know. Well, we'll see. Josh Josh Incliffe says uh, says he thinks Chio hasn't been as good as usual since the World Cup. Says he was terrible at West Brom and Huddersfield. Yes, Josh, but everybody was terrible at yeah. Huddersfield and West Brom. Mm. That doesn't really so. narrow it down, does it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, probably because he does play four three three for Ireland, but again, it's probably a bit more structured. Than, mm. than what the Foss, I, I thought Fosso were good. Yes, I enjoy watching Fosso, but he is very he's very messy. He's every, he's sort of trying to be everywhere at once, isn't he? Mm. And maybe, maybe that doesn't suit you. Maybe I don't know. Um, IFC 19. How long until there's a statue of Ollie Rathbone outside <laughs> New York? He's immense. Every time he touches, every single time he touches the ball. Yeah, Tom. Again, second half, ignoring the first half. I thought mm. Rathbone was really, really good. He had another. Again, he had a shot, a shot from the edge of the area, which keep him has pulled off a really, really good save. Uh, is the engine? Is is the engine of Rotherham United at the minute? Certainly that midfield. Yeah, well, he, he put in a captain's performance, didn't he? He kind of drove him forward whenever he got it. Um, he's he's technically really good. I mean, I've yeah. always thought technically he's been sound, but some of the touches he was doing is absurd. Um, proper, really close control and 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 good, you know, end product as well. So it, sometimes it can be, you know, off. But I think a lot of them were off yesterday in terms of end product and decision making. I think that was a big issue. But Jesus, yeah, he is he is everywhere constantly, and us us tying him down for this for this new contract has, is is such a big thing because he, he's just getting better, <laughs> and I don't know how I don't know I don't know what it is that he's he's doing more up because if you compare this to last season, I, I loved him last season as well, but this season he, he's almost ten times the player he was last season. He's so much more involved with the game. Um, he's not just not just his off the ball stuff. Um, it's his on the ball um, touches, his his, his decision making, getting the getting everyone forward. He's almost he's almost striving under this system and playing a bit like Wiles did last season, maybe breaking forward a bit more. He's had that more freedom, but yeah, wow, no, he, he was he was he was really good yesterday. And you keep saying that every game. At this point, we're, we're going to do the same thing. His his bar is set at this level now, and if he ever performs under it, <laughs> you're going to see a bad game. <laughs> Yeah. Um, unfortunately, but um, no, yeah, he, he, he is obviously and quite deservedly the first name on the team sheet every week. Which at the start of the season, I don't think you'd say. I think mm. it was, and I think it's a credit to him that it probably shows his attitude and his professionalism as well uh, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we, I think Mulek particularly questioned how he would do at this level, not because mm-hmm. of how good technically or anything it was like that, but because of. The yellow card issue, foul yeah. issue, um, but he's it's now like Thomas says, not an issue. He's just a championship player. That's what he is. Yeah. He's he's a championship player. Yeah, he's up to his game, hasn't he? He's up to his game. I mean, he, he came through Man United Academy, didn't he? Yeah. So you know, you mm. don't get you don't come through that that at that level without having some technical ability, and uh, and he's certainly showing that. And and like Tom said, there he's leading by example as well. Mm. Uh, you know, he was the bright spark. In that midfield, uh, it was the creative force within that midfield. Akeem Madoffin is not a creative player. That's not his. That's not his thing. Um, and he was excellent yesterday again. Uh, so I have no issue with that. But he's, the crea- creativity is not his thing. Um, mm. So we are relying at the moment on 
on on Ollie Rathbone to to create to give us that because Conor Coventry with the best will in the world the last couple of games I've been quite disappointed with him and I know he's got to get into the swing of it so you know you've got to give him some time I'm not calling him out or anything like that but his, his contributions not been at the level I would have hoped but he's not been playing has he so again you know you put that one sort of to one side for the time being so we are relying on Ollie to to give us that um, that that spark in there so uh, you can't speak highly enough of him can you you know everything about him, his attitude, the way he plays, his commitment, um, his ability—just everything ticks all the boxes. Yeah, it does. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, Michael Miller says, is there enough subtlety, creativity, guile, call it what you will in the midfield? And that's the thing, Danny. We were, when the, in the first half, Olerathbun particularly was quiet. He wasn't bad, he was just quiet like everybody else. Second half, Olerathbun was great and Rotherham turned better and better. Because one play, it seemed like just one player. I don't think anybody else's performance particularly improved other than Rathbun. So then we maybe real is that relying on him too much to try and bring us up? Uh, or do you think it was just an on-off day in general? Um, ooh, good question. Uh, I think <laughs> I think the reason why we probably saw the most upturn in performance from Ollie is because he probably gets down in the trenches and, and digs mm. himself out of it and really puts a shift in. And that's regardless of how the game's going at all. If he knows they're underperforming, he'll just dig his heels in and carry on. But yeah, it could have been a an eagerness to win this game and really put some distance, or it could be that uh, Blackpool played such... I want to say, I'm going to say politely and say old school football because it was very much get a touch on it and hope it drops for you sort yeah. of football. And they were very, very determined to win the second ball because it was very rare that we really got a good touch on the second ball because they were just happy just to get like the the knee on it or or the heel or something just to disrupt the play. So yeah. it could be that. I and, mean, you know, we don't really see that in the championship. We see at least a little bit more of a free, a free flowing game in the second division, but Blackpool sort of dragged us back down to third division a little bit, didn't they? Um, but yeah, I think with Ollie having an upturning form, uh, upturning performance second half, and him really getting stuck in, lifted everybody else as well. So when your captain goes right and gets himself up, and then everybody else gets up, and then that gets the crowd up, because I saw Peltier getting the crowd going at one point as well. Mm. Um, so I don't think it's a reliance on Ollie. I think it's Ollie 
really embracing that captaincy and going, right, I'm going to put a shift in and show everybody else how it's done. Yeah. And if that's a quality that he has in a captain, away you go, son. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, just on the on the general performance, Danny says then about the old school. Previously in the championship, we've really struggled against a Mick McCarthy team, a mm-hmm. Neil Warnock team. Other, other teams who play in similar styles, we have really, really struggled against them. And I suppose from that point of view is yesterday, as much as it was boring, it wasn't a struggle, was it? it I, we were never, ever, ever in danger. So from that point of view, maybe that's a, if maybe that's a step forward that was not, you know, just conceding really rubbish goals to that type of football. Maybe that's a, a positive. Yeah, it is a positive. It, it, of course, it's a positive. You know, you go away from home in Championship and come back home, come back with a point in your pocket. It's a positive. Mm. You know, no matter how dour or dire the game has been. Um, and, and, and whilst we contributed to to the, the the level of the game, it wasn't down to us uh, <laughs> that it were that bad. You know, no. the, the only th- the only reason it was down to us, the only blame that can be attached to us really was the fact that we we didn't take advantage of it. Um, so so now it, it, it's a it's a point on road in championship. You've got to, you've got to be happy with that, you know. And and if we could get a point on road every every away game, happy days. That's, yeah. that's what you're after, isn't it? So, uh, speaking of old school, I, I, just a shout out. I know you're trying to wrap it up for the Blackpool game. I, I, for me, a shout out to Tom Eaves. Oh um, yeah, when he came yeah. on, I thought, I thought Tom Eaves was was excellent. You know, we know that he's not he's not a prolific goal scorer. He's not even a goal scorer for us yet. Uh, however, the impact he had on the game, he he, he he allowed us to hold that ball up, and we created more opportunities in that. Kind of last fifteen minutes when he when he came on, uh, than we had for the rest of the game, and and a lot of that was down to the work that Tom Eaves did. So, really, really impressed with him yesterday. Really impressed, and hopefully he can stay fit. Mm. Yeah, I, I think impressed. he lost the header all game, which is something that when we first signed Tom Eaves, <laughs> was a big criticism about him not being able to win a header. I don't think he lost one against Blackpool, which is absolutely fantastic. I thought he played like Hugel did last week. I thought he came on and just clearly watched Hugel last week and just, right, oh, that's how you do it. And just just went for every single header. Because yeah. um, when when, he came, when we saw him getting warmed up and saw him getting stripped off, Tom, you think, what's he doing here? I know Hugel hadn't had the best game, but we know how Tom Eves has been and we know how good Connor Washington's been. <laughs> you sort of think, well, it doesn't make much sense here. And Tom yeah. Eves shut us all up. That's probably the best 25 minutes he's had for Rodham United. Yeah, there's clearly something he's been doing in training because even Kelly, if Kelly was fit, you'd assume he would have been on the bench in, in front of him as well. So clearly, Taylor trusts him in some kind of regard. And if Taylor sees a player there, then there must be a player there. Cause I, I trust Taylor's judgment personally. And yeah, like you said, he didn't lose a header at all. He held it up well. His couple touches were good. He was composed on the ball. It just seems like he's playing with a bit more confidence now, which could be to do with whatever just... An, an off an off turning you know this is kind of our revival now so it's kind of his revival as well um but he was yeah he, he was he was really good and I'd, if he's if he's ready to start i don't if i'd start him over hugo i'm not sure um but in terms of of his, his impact off the bench it was it was it was good and he's got a bit of pace about him as well he's chasing some of the balls down the channels he, he he's not a slow well it takes a while to get going, but when he does, he's he's not a slow yeah. lad, and he he can he can put a shift in like that. So we'll have to see. Um, 
But like Mick said, if if he stays if he stays fit, we'll, we'll have to see how good he is. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Donna says he even ran for a ball that was the opposite side of the pitch that Chio looked at and left yeah. previously. He'd have left that as mm. well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, question here about formation, Dan. Let me find see if we can find it. Usually says, do you think we set up wrong? Do you think we should? He thinks we should have gone four four two. Personally, I'm really happy with four three three. It gets the best out of everybody. It allows Chio when Chio's on form. It allows Chio to be a wide man. It allows still to have three men in the centre of the pitch, uh, and it allows Humphreys to play and Hall to play together, um, and the Elder or Bramble, whoever you want to play. I feel like four three three seems a really good compromise of what we were trying to do and what we're now trying to do. Yeah, um, it's just that if it's not working too well, I think if we'd have gone a goal behind, mm. we would have switched to four four two because then four three three would have appeared not to have been working effectively against Blackpool. Um, but I think the fact that we just about held Blackpool at bay and still created some good chances, I think that's why we held on 4-3-3, because it was like just keeping it in the middle. And if you look at possession, we just tip over Blackpool and I think they just tip us over shots on target. Um, but in terms of running the game, I think we it was a very, very even game. I think overall, fair result, but we just edged it with 4-3-3. I think playing 4-4-2 from the start, uh, going into that sort of game, wouldn't have benefited us as much from the mm. start. But if we'd have gone a goal behind or looked like we were under the cosh, potentially it, we could have switched it. Because with five subs, you can switch your tactics very, very yeah. easily now. Um and I think I would have took Chia off, brought on another attacker, shuffled midfield a little bit, and then gone from there. It might be a case of us doing it against Reading. I don't think we will, but if we really want to switch it up, we, we do have the bodies to do it, and Taylor's got the bodies to play differently. So I don't think it'll be 4-3-3 forever, which is sounds like a Batman film, weirdly. Um, but we can switch it, and I like that. We can switch it. So I think... Saying we could have gone four four two back in the previous manager's time, you know, we wouldn't have been able to see it. But now it's like, well, why not? Mm. Yeah. Um, Carnell asked a very good question, which I asked you, Mick, yesterday. What mm. I'd like to know is why Bailey Wright and Ferguson didn't come on. They were stripped off for about the last ten minutes. Mm. I mean, they weren't just they didn't just on sideline with the jackets on. They were completely ready to go. Mm. And this would never happened. It was, it was really, really strange that the, that never. I mean, they're only three minutes injury time. Be, it was expecting a bit more, but that was quite a strange moment, really. I thought it was bizarre, wasn't it? Really peculiar. Uh, but anyway, whatever. Who knows? Who knows the answer to that one? Um, maybe it was some sort of um, some sort of ploy to get uh, McCarthy to do something. I have no idea. I don't know. I've got a clue. <laughs> Last fifteen were a bit. Last fifteen were a bit tight, though, weren't they? Maybe you just didn't want to change what was going to disrupt a bit of a flow. I don't know. That's the only thing mm, I can really. Yeah. It was the only time of the game we got any flow, weren't it? So you might be right. Yeah, that's um, the only thing I can think about. Jonathan says if it, it felt like we were scared to lose the game, so played a little bit safe. Maybe Tom, but again, a point's a good result. If we lose, if we lose against Blackpool, you take a point off us and add two more to them. The championship table is looking much more, much closer than it is right now. Are we five points clear of the relegation zone? Four points clear of the relegation zone. So mm. we'd we'd only been two points clear of the relegation zone. So I mean, maybe there was a bit of fear to lose the game. You don't you don't want to lose that game. I thought. 
Yeah, it, yeah, it was a case of can't lose rather than must win. It was a case of win or draw would be fine. Um, but it was it was a you can't really lose this kind of game. Um, but I, I think I think we'll struggle against. I, I do believe there's some truth to that though because when we play these teams that are in and around us, we do seem to panic a bit more. Just decision making seems to be a bit more off. If you look at the games against Black, the last three games before this, they've all been in the top half of the table, and it almost feels like because we're the underdogs, we can if we lose, we lose. If we mm. if we win, then we're, we're the underdogs, and it's and it's wow, how have we done that? Uh, or if we get a result, it's like wow, how we've done that. But with these teams around us, especially, you know, <clears throat> we'll have to see how it goes on Tuesday against Reading. But it just seems like there's a bit more. If we lose this we're in trouble um mm. and so we don't want to we don't want to lose this which that's not to say that a draw wasn't bad it was probably a fair result and probably one that everyone would have taken beforehand just for this you know for the simple sake as like as like you said it it it, it leaves us in a in a good position still um but it, it when it comes down to those teams around us we do seem to not want it's it's that fear of not losing maybe play, like 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 um let's say playing it safe, which isn't a case. It, it, it's not a bad thing, but sometimes we pride ourselves on being risky and in their faces mm. and, you know, just playing that extra risky pass. But who knows? It could it could be a case of currently where we are in our position, we don't want to lose rather than we need to win. So mm. it could it could change. Um if you if 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 and when the season um, unfolds, I think we'll I think we'll struggle more against the teams around us than we will the teams above us. Unfortunately, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the sort of bigger picture, there's four teams below us. We gained points on two of them. We kept the same, obviously against Blackpool and Wigan gained a couple of points, but they were miles behind anyway. Mm. Um, so I don't I, I think that's I, I'd have taken that. But other than Wigan drawing, I sort of feel it was it was it was a pretty good afternoon points wise. A yeah. uh, few people mentioning Hugo, the Paul Paul Box is on high fall. It shows Hugo coming off a bit physically in the tunnel. Clearly, he's worked his backside off. Yeah, he's, he's been ill. I know mm. he wasn't particularly good yesterday, but he played like that when he wasn't very clearly isn't still isn't very well. So that's still quite sort of so fairly impre- fairly impressive. Just um, a, another thing on Hugo. Did anybody say just after kickoff where he, he effectively freight trained one at Blackpool players? <laughs> is that what they get that foul for? Yeah, I think so, yeah. He kicked yeah. off and then Hugo just bulldozed him and it's like, yeah, well, that's one way to get you then start. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's where we are. Anything else you want to mention from the Blackpool game? We've done amazing to get 48 minutes out of this to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Any other performances? You think worth of worthy of mention? There's more happened in this 48 minutes of this podcast than happened in the whole game yesterday as well. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I hate to admit it, but it felt like I were back at the Wickham away game. It felt like a Wickham. It felt like a Wickham game. It really did. Other than a bit less time wasting. Yeah, which is something. Hmm. Um, can, I, can, I just, can I just say the the one thing that I, I've learned from the Blackpool game? Is CL absolutely wipes me out? Was yeah. it the Sierra? Was well, it the... a mixture of Sierra and that that nil nil draw. As soon as I got out, <laughs> I was just like, oh, straight to bed. Mike <laughs> <laughs> um, Neil, I suppose rightly asked Danny if Hugo was ill, why did he play? Um, if, he think all, if he said he's all right, yeah. And, we, it, and but... we didn't know how good we were going to be as well. I suppose. Yeah, I think. Um, 
like I say, with Eames, we didn't we didn't know if he was going to get forty five minutes out of him. And if Hugo says I can give you sixty minutes, then I think we need to play um, Eves. Uh, play Eves. Play Hugo and then Eves. Mm. Yeah. Chance for a switch uh, up Tuesday though. Is what? Chance of a switch up on Tuesday, I think though. Yeah, I'm surprised. Sort of moving on to Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, mate. Harvey Kellick says got to feel for Lindsay. Yeah, wasn't in the squad. Mm. He is to be on selection. Um, that's from a Jamie Lindsay point of view. That's a massive concern because where does he go from there? Because he doesn't get in the current three, and I think on performance that's fair. He does. He doesn't get ahead of those because those three, uh, those Adolphin and Rafflin have been great, and I think we're working on Coventry. I don't. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. But he's obviously fallen behind Keener, um, who, who was on the bench and came on. What other than injuries, Lindsay's sort of out of the squad for the time being, really, isn't it? Looks that way, doesn't it? it certainly looks that way. Um, what surprised me more than anything else, it, to be fair, Lindsay not being in the squad hasn't doesn't really surprise me. What does surprise me is Peter Keogh, so being left yeah. out that really <clears throat> does surprise me. Um, I, I, I don't know why that is. Um, it did, uh, I'm, I'm struggling to get my head around that. Yeah. Uh, uh, YouTube users just mentioned there that Woody wasn't on the bench either. Uh, yeah. Again, I can, I can, I can see that. I can get that. You know, we've, we've, because of the personnel that we've got. Um, Peter Kioso, not so much. I'm, I'm hugely surprised at that. Um, unless he's just trying to manage his, his injury that he's now recovered from. But you know, I don't know. I don't. Uh, Reading what Paul Davis has said, uh, it was all, it was purely on selection that um, that these players didn't make it. So yeah, it's a concern for for Jamie Lindsay, definitely. But there will be injuries. There's, there's, yeah. there's no question about that. There will be injuries, and he's still got a lot to offer to this team, I think. Uh, likewise with Woody, uh, but definitely Peter Kioso. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see um, see what what Matt Taylor's thinking is on it. Uh, but uh, it's 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 disappointing for lad, you know, because he can do a, a good a, a job and and do it really really well as well. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah. No. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. There'll be injury suspensions, all sorts of stuff between for now and end of season. So, I'm, they'll sure he get his chance. He's got to take it when it comes, hasn't he? That's all it is, yeah. I suppose. Well, you've got to remember as well. We can only have five loans. So last mm. week he was a, because Keenan what was injured yeah. and this week it was uh Hjelda that wasn't in True. so yeah. next week yeah if Hjelda comes in which one of the loans drops out kind of thing and then if it's Keener then you bring in Lindsay mm. kind of you know I don't I don't know it's it's a lot of tinkering isn't it yeah yeah mm. yeah could be a bit well Bill can't play against Sunderland which is maybe something to think about uh yeah. planning um could be mentioned that uh Jordan Hugel did an hour with the Norwich City podcast talk Norwich City I haven't watched that yet, but I will be watching that the next day or two to see mm. what people have got to say. It seems very popular down in Norwich, which yeah. I like. Um, yeah. Um, where is Kelly? Says Paul Brock with fitness, not made the bench yet. Again, I think Paul Davis argued it's just a fit, it's just a selection issue. Um, which, to be fair, Tom Eves justified it, didn't it? To yeah. be fair. Mm. Uh, so you can't really, yeah. We can't really complain about that now. Um, but yeah. Uh, right, moving on properly to the Reading game. I'll give you the ref watch. The referee is John Bush Busby. Uh, now, the reason he's notable, he hasn't refed us 
Uh, it rushes against West Brom, the 3-0 loss, which was pretty insignificant from because we were rubbish. If anybody remembers a few weeks ago when Sheffield Wednesday played Plymouth, there was quite a lot of controversy over a disallowed goal, oh. which oh dear, which was report reportedly um, the, the referee reportedly used the big screen to make a decision. Now that has been said to be not true by the referee and the referee and the PGMOL. So, but there's there was a lot of suggestion about that, and I think it was the wrong decision anyway. Um, so that's, but it's that's also quite. It also goes to show that Wednesday is the easiest club to rattle because they've gone. Oh no, the fourth official definitely watched the TV screen. It was mm-hmm. just like, just get on with it. Game's finished. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should have had a penalty, and I held my phone up with ref. I've got VAR if you want it. <laughs> um, just on, oh dear. Just says he and us were shocking at West Brom. Yeah, he did give that penalty against Humphreys. So it didn't have a great game, but that was a you know, well, Mike the Miller's 52 minutes in a no ref rant. What's going I was on? Say, should have had a should have had a penalty, shouldn't we? That was a handball, in my opinion. His yeah, was like, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, it was out and it hit his arm. I don't know how we didn't get that. No, I was sure but... that we were going to get one in the second half because of that, but anyhow. Speaking of penalties, Reading are <laughs> have been awarded the most penalties this season with seven. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear me! Right, no, no, nobody touch anybody in the eighteen-yard box against Reading. Yeah. Leave Victor to do work. Stuff the defenders. Just don't touch anybody in that in that area. Good grief! Mm. In fairness, ref, ref on Saturday, I didn't think he was that particular. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but he really was quite inconsistent in terms of the fouls that he gave. I thought. It was, there were a lot of inconsistencies, but he, he didn't. I don't think he wanted to give a big decision. That's why I don't think he gave a penalty. Um, John Morrell, most penalties plus Tommins. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand what does he mean by that comment or what, what sort of allegation are you making there, John? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So one win in our last games against Reading. That was this season. Uh, the four 0 win this season. Um, the last time we won in, go on, we'll have, we'll have some guesses. What year did we last win at Reading? Uh, the hint is we've never won at the Majeski. So where have they played before? <laughs> oh, I'm looking up wrong list then. I don't know. Um, Mick, when do you think? <laughs> when do you think was the last time we beat Reading? At- 1973. That is close, but not right. Tom? It's close. Oh, dear God. 75. Or even closer, Danny. Uh, seventy-six. Oh. <laughs> so close. Damn. Seventy-seven. Oh. The penultimate yeah. game of the seventy-seven <laughs> season, we won three-nil. That is seventeen games at Reading without win, without a win. Um, I know, I'm, I know, useful. You think those stats are, Nick? So, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean. I, I, uh, Mike Carnell got it almost right there at 48 BC. He got the the question wrong. That was the first time we won there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Morrell says Mick was in short trousers. That's how long ago it was. No, no, Um, he's 57, I weren't, mate. (laughs) Um, A long time. But again, this is this is. This is how it is, and I suppose, Mick, this was a really, really good chance. Last time in Championship, Reading was steaming. You know, they were top of the league when we played them at Reading. Mm. This time, they've dropped off a little bit uh, from where they were. Um, so it's it's a good opportunity. It's, I think it, 
it's probably a good time to play Reading as well. I don't think they were in the form they wish they were at the minute. Yeah, yeah, probably is. We'll have to wait to see. It's not a great place for us to go, is it? Like you've, like you've pointed out, and you, we never we never tend to get the rub of the green down at, um, at Reading either. So, um, but you know, if we the, what I would say about Reading is they're not the type of team that are going to just hoof it long and and try and you know just try and not lose the game. That's not their that's not their the way that they play. So um, hopefully they're going to come at us and they're going to try and play football. If they do, happy days. You know we're going to we'll, we, there's a chance we'll get something out of the game. Um, so we just have to fingers crossed that uh, that that they do that rather than. Just keep us out, and there's no reason to do that. You know, they'll they'll see this game as an easy win. They, they, you know, for them, for Reading, this will be a, a, a nailed on three points. Uh, so, fingers crossed. That's again, that's how they approach it, like Watford did. Um, and and if that's the case, then we'll be all right. I think. Mm. Yeah, they do have a pretty good away record. Uh, pretty, pretty good home record. They've got the second worst away record as we as we saw at New York this season. Um, but they are sixth best home record, 27 points from 14 games, so a pretty good record mm-hmm. at home. Um, but they needed to be, I suppose, Tommy, if, if you're going to stay up comfortably, which it looks like they're now going to do, they needed that because we saw how bad they can be in August or whenever it was because on the day they were dreadful. Yeah, because they were, were they near the top as well at that point or after, shortly after that they were, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or whatever, you just think how based on their performance, then it was yeah, it was it was very poor. But like you said, I say, I think it's the same for us as well. I think our home form will decide our fate in a way. Um, if if we don't perform at home, uh, we probably go down. If we do perform at home, which we have been doing, um, we've got a good chance of staying up, which is the same for them. Um, but then again, it's all about on the day. Um, it's it's a it's a Tuesday night. It's you know. I feel like night games are even weirder in regards to home and away. It doesn't really matter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, like you said, we've not won there in years, so it's 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 time for a change, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> big time. John Rell says they play football with Andy Carroll up top. Are you sure, Mick? <laughs> oh, no, if if Tom East plays, then it's going to be a battle of the top knots, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, it is an eight o'clock kickoff. For some reason, uh, not a seven forty-five kickoff. So that's a reminder for everybody. Don't know why. Mm. Don't ask me why. Reading play at eight o'clock. Don't know. Sure. Don't care. Don't care to be honest with you. Um, talk to me about some changes, Danny. We obviously don't know uh, because the pre-match press conference hasn't happened. But what changes could you possibly see? Eve was great. Hugo came off potentially still a bit of illness knocking around. Could that be some way you could see a possible change to start with? Uh, potentially, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there wouldn't be seeing how Tommy's played. There wouldn't be that much of a, at least an effort difference up top if you were to start Eves instead of Hugel. Uh, but it all depends on how Hugel actually is. You know, if he's still feeling it, and if he has got some sort of illness, and it's not just working himself into the ground, then he might have to start Kelly or maybe start Wash in the middle. Potentially, mm-hmm. one of those two. Other than that. Uh, and potentially Hilda Bramall or you know one of those sort of changes. I would say as you were, because we've still put in a very decent performance at the back, and I think it's just little tinkering up top which we need now. Mm. Um, 
whether that's Chio coming out and uh, Ferguson starting on that right hand side or whatever it might be. But I do think the four three three will suit us because just having a look at Reading's last lineup, they play three five two. So if we can get the penetration from the front three through the midfields, then we might be all right. But because they've got more bodies in midfield, it might be a little bit difficult to play the ball on the ground through them. So it mm. might have to see a little bit of long ball coming into this one. Let's get rid through. of the midfield. Yeah. <laughs> Good old well, that's, ball. We do. Well, that's, that's all we do. To, I don't, Danny, <laughs> where have you been for the rest of this season? I don't, I don't know, Meg, but it's not the stereotypical of United. We don't do football anymore. I'm sorry, I think you're, I don't know. You're sadly mistaken there, mate. Pieces of long balls. We're a physical side, man. I don't know where you got all this nonsense from. <laughs> um, midfield, Mick, you mentioned Connor Coventry, not particularly floating everybody's boat yet. But as, as, as I mentioned yesterday, he's not played competitively in a long time, or certainly not, not, certainly not consistently. So maybe cut him a bit of slack. Yeah, from that point of view, but how much slack can you cut him? Because these games are crucial. They are crucial. They are crucial. But he's a quality footballer. You know, you you, you don't get the pedigree that he's got. You don't play for you don't play for West Ham. Sign a new contract for West Ham and 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 be be coveted by a lot of their supporters by being a garbage footballer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he, he's he's a good player. There's no doubt about it. So it's just a question of getting him up to speed. And 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 getting the system, getting getting him to fit into the system that we play, which I've absolutely no doubt that he'll do, you know. Um, but you know, if you don't, if you don't cut it, we've got we've got the strength we've got the strength in depth to uh, to cover for it. So I'm sure he will, though. He, he will do. He's a he's a quality footballer. Um, so how long how long do we give it? Ask me again after Tuesday. <laughs> um, Josh Hinsliff says he's not keen over Coventry it's a good shout Tom the, the issue is the different mm. very very different types of players Co- Coventry's yeah. been sitting quite deep so mm. and Keen I don't think could do that yeah, he also hasn't got the physicality probably Keen he hasn't got the physicality that Adolphin's got for example as well um, mm. you'd have to then ask Ollie to sit deep well, why would mm. you do that because of how good he's been it, it, it's a bit of a jigsaw trying to make them all fit in the right area isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the only the only player that you could really get to uh, sit would be hum, um, a dolphin, and he does such a good job doing essentially what Rathbone does and being all over the place that you can't really ask him to sit and just mop up um, the back four. So I think basis on that alone, I think you have to play Coventry. Um, I, I I think he looks I think he looks good. I think he's got some technical prowess about him I think he's got some neat passing but um, like Mick said he's not really got used to the system yet where our players are going to be um, we always love Dan's diagonal balls and um, playing be- um, playing them in behind and maybe he's not got quite that in his locker yet but he's got some um, nice sharp passing through um, through the lines of midfield he looks like he he's definitely got an eye for a pass so it's just a matter of time with him I think and like Mick said as well, he's got he's got the uh, the pedigree to back it up as well. You know, a lot of MK Dons fans look raved about him. West Ham fans love him. West Ham love him. Um, so he, he's going to come good. Um, but in in terms of other changes, the only other one I can see is potentially um, Keener or uh, Ferguson in for Ogbeni, um or or 
if if there's an injury or illness like maybe with Hugo, that's the only other thing I could see. I can't see Hielder coming back in um, based off, based off Bramwell's performance. I don't think it's very valid to bring him back in, especially when you've only got five uh, loans available. Um, uh, so that, that's where I think we stand. But he, he might change it up tactically. You know, you never know just to match there because, like Danny said, they play a three-five-two. He might want to pile the midfield a bit more. Um, who knows? Uh, we'll have to see. It's 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 a good it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, trying to predict the starting eleven. It's good that we have so much strength and depth, and yeah. that we don't know who's going to play. But uh, for people like us, it's a bit annoying because we never know what to say. <laughs> no, that's very true. I can see Bramwell staying either Hellsville. I think you're right. That pace, you're you're away, you're away from home. That pace, extra bit of pace, can really help. Mm. Uh, so it definitely mm. won't surprise me. Josh Williamson says you could ask a Dolphin to sit deeper as a, as a central defense central defensive midfielder. Which, which is an option if you if you wanted to drop, drop commentary, that's you could move nothing back a little bit certainly. Um, Billy Vernon says he would play Washington up top, but Thurgood on the right, and maybe one more change. I certainly think there's an argument for Thurgood to come back if probably Chio. Um, whether it happens or not, I don't know. So, again, I just said I just said then you need pace. Thurgood's got a lot of things, but pace ain't one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's go through some predictions for no, nobody got it right for, for Saturday's performance. I, Put one one, which is the closest we got, which is still not close enough. Uh, Danny, what do you reckon? What as Tuesday night in the Reading landing field? Um, well, with Reading having one of the best home records in the league, I think they're ranked sixth. I think mm. home record. It's going to be a really hard game. It's a long travel on a Tuesday night with <coughs> a game at home on Saturday to think about as well. Um. You know what? I'd be happy with a nil-nil draw again. So I'm going to say that. Another clean sheet. I'll take that. Yeah, four four draws in a row, but I'd take a nil-nil at Reading away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree, Mick. Yeah, I'm going to go one-one. I think it will be a draw. Um, I'd prefer it to be nil-nil if it's going to be a draw, but I'm, I'm going to go one-one. One-one. I like it, Tom. <laughs> I'm going to go optimistic. I'm going to say 1 0 us. I think we're, we're good enough defensively to shut them out. And I, I hope that they play with a bit more confidence because if they do, I think we can win. So I'm saying 1 0. Thank you. I will go. I'm going to go positive. Sod it. 2 0. Why not? Um, why not? <laughs> Feel positive in a minute. Uh, it is a, a full fixture list this week. Uh, we play Tuesday, but on then on Wednesday, we can go away to Bristol City. Uh, Huddersfield away to Stoke, still managerless at the time of recording Huddersfield. Um, mm. Blackpool away to Swansea. So we're all away, I think. All, all the teams down there are away from home. Some hard games there for them. Stoke are going to get dragged back down into this anyway. If, well, if, if, if everybody picks up points on, in, in midweek, then Stoke are back in it straight away. They're only, only two points ahead of us. Yeah. So if, if we win, and Cardiff, Cardiff, hang on, bear with me. I mentioned Cardiff. <laughs> Cardiff play Tuesday night. They are away to Birmingham, so we really need Birmingham to do us a favour. Birmingham won on Friday, so what that means is they they are ready to go on another decent run. You know, yeah. win four or five games and lose four or five games. That's what Birmingham doing it, John. Uh <laughs> well, John, will you? Yeah. Um, couple of few predictions. Ian Cole says two one to us. So does YouTube user. Uh, Yossa says two hundred Reading. Uh, Michael Carnell says one nil to the Millers. 
Grundy, Steve Grundy says 1 1. Alan UK thinks the same as Danny, 0 0 again. Kim Haywood says 1 1. Mike Miller goes 0 0 as well. Harvey Kelwick says 2 1. John Morell says 2 1 to Reading, thinks they'll have too much for us. Um, Jerry Ensem says 1 0 to us. Josh Hemsworth says 1 1. Rathwood to score a worldie because that's the only type of goals he scores. Yes. <laughs> Shall we do a challenge to try and score a tap in? Didn't quite, didn't quite pay off last time, but maybe this time. He nearly did, though. Card 1 0. A tap in, yeah. It was it was within the eighteen yard box. Or was it? I could, honestly, I couldn't tell where I was sat on floor. I couldn't tell where it was. <laughs> yep, uh, Ruff, Ruffman had a, a strike uh, from outside the box, um, and then only a few minutes later, he had another pop from. I think he was just just outside the six yard box, though. But I think he was in line with the penalty, and someone behind me went, "That's your fault, Bat. You've challenged him to score from <laughs> inside eighteen yard box. He's missed." <laughs> yeah. Um, there we go. Now we're in 10 minutes talking about Blackpool game plus a bit more. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> anything, any of the mentions, topics, talking points that we need to talk about? Danny's got his hand up. Uh, maybe not one to, that I need to talk about, but it is a story from Blackpool that I just thought I'd throw in at the end. Um, because where I was, I was more or less right at the back of um, where the away fans were, and you know, there's the metal mesh that you can see through and see into people's back gardens, right. Well, there were this kids who must have been no older than 14 has climbed up onto a garage roof in his Liverpool top, which is an interesting sight in Blackpool. Um, and he's giving it away a fan to load of stuff in from where he was. <laughs> so I, I've never seen grown men give so much stuff to, to a 14 year old lad who was outside of the ground having a go at his. Oh, That's the only interesting thing that happened in, in, in second half, by the way. But yeah. Yeah. It's only thing, yeah. It makes a Liverpool fan at minute. You know what they're like. I mean, they've got no else to shout, shout and scream about, have they? So, your random set of races. Rotherham have got better form in their last seven games than Liverpool have. Yeah. Mate, Red Lion from Thorpe has got better form in the last game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's wrap it up. Shut two years. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Thank you all for being with us. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have. 889, something like that. Very, very close to 900. If you can, get over there and do that already. If you haven't done already, please do so. If you haven't already listened to the chat with Ollie Rathbone, that was out Friday morning. That's a huge on audio only, sorry. So if you iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, you can listen to the to the chat with Ollie Rathbone with me and Danny that we did. Lots of lots and lots of interesting stuff about how he got the captain, see how the conversation went. Um, he briefly talked about contract situation, but it's not much of an update uh, because he hasn't got one. Um, and there's, a, there's loads of other bits. It's really, really good listening to him because he was uh, he's great. We all we, we, we obviously the body. Um, I, I make sure you subscribe as well. If you go over and listen to it, subscribe as well because uh, that's where that's where it happens. Uh, we will be back on Thursday evening for on YouTube, Friday morning for the audio list for our audio listeners, which will be a review of the trading game and much for much anticipated to return home, Coventry City next Saturday. Exciting, um, um, yeah, Danny. Thank you for being with us tonight, tonight mate. It's uh, yeah, been fun, yeah, it has. Uh, thank you for having me. I just want to wish a safe flight to Jordan, Jensen, and Reese because they're going to lovely Spain Ooh. and they're going to be on holiday whilst we're playing Reading. So, you lucky sods, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could go to Reading, I could go to Spain. Whoa, I don't know which one I prefer. Mm. Uh, Tom, it's been a pleasure to have you back with us, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah, anytime. It's been a pleasure being on. 
And Rick, as always, another week, no rant. We're going to lose subscribers. Find something for Thursday. That'd be lovely. Not a problem. Cool. Right, bro. Thank you, everybody. Please thank you being with us. And like I said, we'll see you on the uh, next episode of New York Talk. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 Rebel. Vicious. But brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.